Welcome to a new and improved podcast. This is from the creators of the Two Dudes at a Table podcast, the NTV YouTube channel, a lot of other unsuccessful things in the world that I just keep trying and trying to produce great content for, and I just keep fucking up. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, cucks of all kind, to That's Cucked. I'm your host, Nick, and we are going to take a journey through the speakers and the audio waves of the world and talk about everything that that basically is, it's cucked, that's cucked, bro, it's the name of the show, it's, it's life, you know what I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff on here, you're going to get to go know myself very well, um, my name's Nick, um, I, like yourself, are a cuck. And if you don't know what that is, you got bigger fish to fry, my friend. We're going to talk about the AEW Dynamite episode that just aired two short days ago. It was a, it was a halfway decent show, I would say. I'd give it a grade of a B. We're going to talk about a cucked up story from my you know, personal life, which we will talk about quite a bit here on the show. Um, that's cucked will be all things cuckery. <laughs> if that even fucking is proper grammar. Um, but yeah, welcome to the show, guys. I'm glad that uh, the ones that are listening are listening. And if you're not listening, then go fuck yourself. Uh, but that's okay. You know, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, the Dynamite episode from this week. We're going to talk about a cucked up story, a cucked up moment of the week as well, which will be a recurring uh, segment here on the podcast. And talking about reoccurring, uh, you know, let's just get this out of the way right away. We are going to, I keep saying we, I am going to be posting these up every Friday night after my ass sticks some fingers in some holes and throws some balls to hit some pins. Uh, usually, you know, on Fridays I will go bowling and after we'll be putting out a, I'll be putting it out. A fantastic podcast for y'all cucks out there. So, let's jump right into it. We're going to get right into the AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite review, I would basically call it, or my thoughts on the evening. You know, we're getting close to Winter is Coming. That'll be the TV-type special, I believe, for AEW, so they can kind of, you know, span out the pay-per-views, because they basically shoot their loads really fucking fast when it comes to pay-per-views, and we get, bam, pay-per-view, pay-per-view, pay-per-view. turns into a pay-per-view bukkake. It's just, uh, I like it, though. It's jam-packed. Each pay-per-view's been pretty decent, um, besides, you know, obviously the one where Matt Hardy took that big spill. And, you know, that's just something that we'll treat like Voldemort and not talk about on the podcast. Because it was dangerous, it sucked, but it looked fucking sweet. Uh, Which, I probably shouldn't say that, but fuck it. But we started the night out with a match between two people that I think are fantastic athletes, fantastic wrestlers. And that is John Silver and Adam, the hangman Adam Page. I thought it was a great match. I think that John Silver is gold as that... uh, that wonderful t-shirt that they put out, which you can find over at ProWrestlingTees.com, I believe. And if not there, 
shopaw.com. Um, but yeah, pretty decent match. Uh, I, I liked how they kind of put off the finish for a couple, you know, like false finishes. It was pretty decent. I love that buckshot lariat that Hangman pulls off, and I thought it fucking was so explosive this week. And it was just a great match overall, going back and forth, great moves from each individual. Um, there was one little spot where Hangman went to do his kind of like springboard kind of uh, crossbody to the outside. And at first, John Silver read the fucking move and then Hangman tricked his ass and then still ended up pulling it off. It was just a great match. Good story developing there, especially after the whole tag team type uh, story that just happened with Hangman and Kenny Omega. And I think that it's going to be an excellent and I kind of want to say interesting way to take the story. Uh, You know, is Hangman going to become evil? Is Hangman going to stay being a good guy but just being as, you know... Sad boy, sad boy, cowboy vibes. You know, we don't know as of yet. We're going to, you know, definitely end up finding out probably in the weeks to come. If not, at winter is coming. We don't even know. We don't even know, which is the, the best thing that I think I could say about wrestling right now. Most of the time, you know what the fuck's going on. People are blowing shit online, spoilers. There's some cuck in AEW that either worked with NXT or I have no fucking idea, but they're blowing a lot of, uh, a lot of spots, a lot of storylines. And I knew about the Britt Baker waiting room, uh, little segment that they're having on dark about a week before the fucking, uh, episode even aired. And it's, uh, it's sad because of the time that we're living in, you know, we have to, AEW has to re or pre-record episodes. So it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard to pre-record episodes, hide that shit from everybody in the day and age that we live in currently. You know, everybody's got a cell phone, everybody's got a tablet, a computer, anything with a fucking screen and a camera could blow anything. But these people are going on, um, uh, what are they going on? They're going on Reddit, Reddit forums and shit like that. And I stay out of it. You know, there's too many negative ass things that I've um, personally seen happen because of Reddit or a public forum or something like that. So, you know, we'll see where the storyline goes. Hopefully no fucking cuck out there destroys the fucking storyline before it even develops or even takes off even further than what it already is. But it was a good match, you know. Um, we'll move on. TH2, uh, the hybrid, uh, two, I think that's what the fuck they're called. fought top flight top flight i gotta say this right now new up-and-coming tag team they will take over the tag team division in a year tops i'm gonna say that right now not only are their moves high flying creative fast but they flow they move like like a hot knife through butter there are a couple spots I've seen that got blown up. I don't think that some of those were their fault. But, you know, it was a good match. TH2, I don't think that they get the recognition that they deserve. Obviously, COVID fucked up a lot of things because uh, Jack Evans ended up, I think, I believe, ended up 
being forced to stay in Mexico uh, due to the restrictions of transportation and, you know, flying and whatnot, just because of the whole COVID bullshit. But that was a great match. I thought it was good. Uh, Great, uh, what do I want to say? Great tag team moves from each team. I, I love those partner moves or whatever the fuck you call them. I'm drawing a, drawing a blank right now. But those moves where, you know, you're getting two, three back to back to back and both guys are involved. Just great cohesiveness, cohesiveness between the two individuals in top flight. They're going to be fantastic. Uh, we had Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, he defeated Lee Johnson. Nice old squash match. I thought it was cool how Powerhouse Hobbs. I I don't understand why they're calling him that. His name is Will Hobbs. He's basically known as the motherfucker that runs out too late with a goddamn chair. Um, recently just you know turned over to Team Taz and started being a cuck of all cucks. And it's I think it's a drawn out storyline. And I think that Will Hobbs is he's probably decent. In the squash match, there was a couple moves where I thought he was going to actually fuck somebody up because they were so... I want to say... I would say that they were so rushed, some of the moves, that it was just sloppy. But he could be better. You know, it was just a squash match. You know, probably like a couple minutes, I believe. And, you know, we'll see what he's got. I thought it was cool that he came out with the black Taz towel as a shirt. And then the Taz team colors and the orange and the black. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm turning into a 13-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> I loved how he uh, wore the uh, team Taz orange and black singlet. I thought that was cool. Uh, nice homage to uh, Taz. Suplex machine. Uh, submission machine, you know. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Good little moment on there. I hope Darby and Cody end up kicking the shit out of Team Taz. I'd love to see that. Uh, Kenny Omega cuts a crazy promo on John Moxley, uh, which I thought was gold. Uh, as much as stuff changes, it does stay the same, as he said in the, the little promo there. And then I loved the little shot at Moxley's dad. At the end of the promo, Kenny Omega comes back and says, Oh yeah, Moxley, my dad could kick the shit out of yours. And then walks away. It was such a great setup for what happened. Uh, more toward the contract signing in, in the middle of the night, which I thought was weird that we were having another contract signing and how uh, basically Moxley was attacked last week. And we're trying to figure out who the fuck attacked this man backstage. So he couldn't sign the contract. So he asks, you know, Moxley shows up during an Eddie Kingston promo questioning his ass because he just beat his ass. Um, and we'll see, man. It's going to be an interesting couple weeks, I think, in the AEW world. We're going to see a lot from, you know, the person who attacked Moxley, I feel like. We're going to see the Moxley-Kenny Omega feud probably end. I know that Moxley's going to Japan, I believe, in a couple weeks. So I believe that Moxley is going to... The Moxley era is going to end at Winter is Coming. And if it doesn't, I will be... 
I'll say this. You will have done your job by selling me on that show and shocking me on the finish. Because if the finish doesn't end with Kenny Omega with the championship, I will be so shocked. Mouth open like I'm waiting for a cock. Just sitting there with just the the most utter... Not most... The the most genuine, shocked, surprised look that you would probably ever see. And I'll have to post it up on Facebook or something. But if if Kenny Omega does not win the AEW Championship, I will be shocked. I think the rest of the world will be shocked if that happens. But we'll see. Um, You know, we got a lot coming up. You know, it was uh, a great little contract signing. You know, Kenny Omega gets ready to do his cleaner entrance. Moxley's waiting behind his ass with a nice little shot. Um, it was a, you know how Kenny Omega is basically lining up or standing, lining up. He's a fucking wrestler, not a football player. Uh, <laughs> he's standing there with a silhouette and he does this every time. And he's got these two biddies out there with brooms cause he's the cleaner and he always comes out after they do the little dance routine. Well, not this time. Moxley said, ah, ah. And motherfucked this dude upside the head, dropped him on his head on top of the fucking AEW championship, and then signed the contract. So winner is coming will be just a normal singles match between Kenny Omega, John Moxley, the man. We will see if the Moxley era continues. Uh, on to the next uh, little ditty that happened. Uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager of Inner Circle defeat SCU. Um, obviously the inner circle couldn't let the match go by itself. They had to, you know, get in there and disrupt, you know, the whole fucking thing. It was, uh, it was a great little match. I was a little bored of it. I did like the little twist whatnot. So we'll see what happens at winter is coming Jericho against Kazarian in a singles match. And I think it's like the first time ever, ever. Ever. ever I think it's the first time ever that these two have matched up so it'll be interesting I know I've said that about everything but like I said this is going to be an interesting time for AEW in the AEW world it'll be interesting it'll be fun I'm gonna have fun I'm having fun now you know um I'm gonna be honest uh, about this next segment the Miro, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, little fucking thing there. Boring with the best friends. I do not like it. Y- you have a broken video game and you're pissed off about it. It's a shitty gimmick. You came to a great company and you fucked up. <clears throat> Sorry to take a sip of my soda. But yeah, I, I just think it's a boring um, feud. It's not fun to me. Miro's corny little yelling into the camera is not fun for me. It's just not a fun segment. It's not a fun... It's not funny either. It's it's pretty boring. Uh, we'll move on. There's a lot more that happened in this episode. Uh, Taz comes out, tries to do a little shoot interview. Cody comes out after uh, Taz stalls for quite some time and uh, decides to, you know... Act like he's coming from the gorilla position. And, 
I'm going to say this right now. All these segments are out of order. All these matches and little promos are out of order. So these all happened at certain aspects of the night. But Taz comes out, you know, wants respect on the FTW championship. Doesn't really get jack shit besides Cody coming out from the gorilla position. Telling him to get the fuck out of the ring because they got shit to do. It's a long night. And Taz basically puts Cody in uh, a Taz mission or whatever the fuck it's called. Which looks like a fucking awful sleeper hold, by the way. He can't even get his stubby fucking arms, which I I have all the respect in the world for Taz. But your stubby little fucking arms, you can't even grab your other fucking hand, bro. It just looks sloppy. Um, Cody did a good job of trying to sell it, but it really just, it looked like shit. It looked like those uh, fucking, what are those videos? Those Baki videos. You ever see those things, man? They, like, fuck bitches up, and then they're, like, gagging them and shit, and they're just like... (laughs) And that's what it looked like. It looked like a giant fucking fist going down someone's throat. It was fucking awful. I, I did not have fun... Watching that. It was cool. The promo was nice. The, you know, the the talking back and forth between the two. The story developing between Taz, you know, Team Taz. And hating on Cody and hating on management and all this shit. But the Taz mission, whack. Whack, whack, whack. Um, let's see what else we got here. Vicky and Nyla trying to, you know, get on Brandy and all their bullshit. Like a... Like I've always said to anyone I've watched wrestling with, I really think that the women's division in AEW is lacking. And it's been lacking since the creation of the company. They have good female wrestlers. I just don't think they're partnered upright. The booking is just weird. The only thing that I think that they've done recently is, you know, giving Anna Jay a little bit more, you know, screen time and being able to be a part of the Dark Order and be a, a significant role in the Dark Order. So, Anna Jay versus Sheeta. Sheeta ends up winning. There was a couple times in the match where Anna Jay looked like she was no-selling and didn't give a flying fuck. Um, but like I said, the women's division needs a little help. And I think that Abaddon coming out right at the end of the match as Sheeta's about to walk back through the circle uh, entrance thing. I think it was cool the way they had Abaddon come back from her injury. She was hurt quite some time ago, I believe. She got hit in the throat, ended up in the hospital, ended up recovering. I'm pretty sure she's at 100%. She was cleared to... Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure she's cleared to wrestle. And uh, she came out creep, you know, creeping on the floor and shit. And then... Uh... Man, I really hope this is fucking recording. <laughs> but she came creeping out, um, came up to Sheeta, and the belt was just chilling there. So she snatched that shit real quick, did some Evil Dead type shit, and licked it up like it was a zombie pussy, and said, "That's my title." In whatever kind of language that Abaddon fucking speaks, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, this is my belt, bitch." But yeah, (laughs) so that's going to be interesting. I've always been a fan of Abaddon, but I'm always biased when it comes to the creepy characters or any kind of um, dark kind of imagery that wrestling has done. It's usually pretty well done. You know, we got the Boogeyman, we got the Fiend, we got Darby Allin, we got 
Uh, Luther, he's a pretty decent, you know, little gimmick. We got Abaddon. There's so many out there and so many that are upcoming as well. But I think Abaddon is Abaddon is really going to fucking uh, kill it. I think she's going to kill it. I think it would be a new, a good change for the uh, the women's division. And, um, yeah, so I, I think that'll be great. I think there'll be a little shakeup that the women's division needs. I think it's good that they're not doing the same rematch of Nyla versus fucking Sheeta like they do at every pay-per-view and how they shouldn't have done at the last one. There was no build-up. The match was eh, but what can you do? It is what it is, and it's, you know, it's cucked. That's cucked, man. That's cucked that the the women's division cannot pick it up. The last match of the night ended up being... uh, Who was it? Darby Allen. Excuse me. Um, What do we got here? Darby Allen... And I believe somebody else. Am I like I am drawing a blank, ladies and gentlemen. The cuck of all cucks is just sitting here being a cuck, not having his shit together, fucking scrolling through this fucking note thing that I have, not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. Well, yeah. At the end of the night, Lance Archer. Oh, it was uh. Pac and Ray Phoenix versus the Butcher and the Blade, the Buffalo Boys. I'm a fucking idiot. It was a great match. Um, I can't believe I forgot about it. I'm a, such an idiot. I liked it better than the uh, Chris Jericho match, that's for sure. Um, what I'll say about it, real quick, great little story happening in there. Ray Phoenix and his brother, Pentagon uh, Jr., Pentagon El Zero Miedo. Uh, has been killing it. It's a great little story. I guarantee that they end up turning on each other at some point. Um, and then one of them joining back with the Eddie Kingston family or whatever they're calling themselves. Great little match. Butcher and the Blade killing it. Like always, I thought they've been killing it since their first street fight type match with that they had with the Young Bucks. Unfortunately, one of the Young Bucks got hurt. Um, but you know, it's another day in the office. I think that they'll get over it. They've been doing it for some time. So, you know, uh, butcher and the blade, they do have some sloppy moves. I will say that, but all the respect and love to you guys, I cannot say it enough as someone, um, from the Buffalo area, kind of, um, I really like them. They're a great little gimmick. I love them coming out and I love their entrance. I love the little, the little monocle. Uh, Of course, at the end of the match, Lance Archer ends up coming out after um, they decide to attack uh, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon, and Pac. They end up, well, Eddie Kingston ends up DDT and Pac on the tape, or on a, wow, I'm a fucking idiot, on a chair two or three times. It looks kind of shitty, but there were, the second one was pretty decent. Um,. Obviously, you don't want to hurt the guy, but you do want to make it look believable. And sometimes putting your hands out or something like that to protect yourself, it does look a little whack. But you got to do what you got to do. Lance Archer comes out, coming for Eddie Kingston and his fam. So we'll see what happens with that. (laughs) Jake the Snake came waddling out. I love Jake the Snake. All the respect to him as well. But (laughs) sometimes it takes him a minute to get to the fucking ring. And it's the funniest shit ever. But that'll be an interesting story. 
Um, I'm sure we'll see more of whatever is going to develop with that at Winter is Coming. And that is basically it for the AEW review. My thoughts on the night. I know I've been talking about it for about 20 fucking minutes. So we will head into a That's Cucked story. This story of first of many. Okay. First of many stories on the That's Cucked podcast. Okay. This is the... How do I want to say that? That that's cuck story time, a segment we're gonna do here weekly, if not every other week, on the podcast. So make sure that you are tuning in because next week's story is gonna be just as good. We'll jump right into it. This is about the first time that I did Molly. <laughs> I love how we go from wrestling to drugs real quick. Zero to one hundred real quick. Real quick, whole squad on the roof. All right, so this is about the first time I did Molly. Me and my girlfriend ended up getting some, decided to try it out from a reliable individual. Um, I do not condone this. I do not know how it even landed into my hands. It kind of just flew there. And so we decided to go out to a nature trail. We figure, you know, we'll put ourselves in a nice setting where it's nice and comfy. Not comfy, but like nice and beautiful. And we're going to be happy and be in good moods. Because you want to be in good headspace. Whenever you're doing any kind of drug or any kind of thing, I would even say fucking drinking, you want to be in a good headspace. Because if you're drinking sad, you might as well be mad, my friend. And, uh... So, we go out to this nature trail. We're having a blast. I decided to bring out, you know, bongy hither, you know, in the backpack. And we uh, decided to go walking on the trail. And it's this nice grass trail. No mud. It's a really nice day. It's kind of hot, but it's still nice. Um, the wind, there's really not much. But there's enough to be like, ooh, this feels good. So, we're walking. We, we already, you know, did our thing. We decide to smoke, you know, we're chilling. Who won? You're out in nature, you're having a blast, you're, you know, joking around with, you know, your significant other, you're just enjoying yourself, you're enjoying their company and all that shit. And, you know, I guess they didn't really, I wasn't notified prior, which be educated if you're doing stupid shit. Be educated on what that stupid shit is. <laughs> and we were not. So we decided to smoke. I'm sitting there. I'm realizing that nothing's really happened. You know, I'm a little, you know, loosey-goosey, if you want to say. And all of a sudden, I stopped dead in my tracks. No fucking joke. Just walking, walking, walking. And then just... And I'm like, babe. I... Can count every blade of grass. And she looks at me and goes, What the fuck is wrong with you? And I look at her and I feel like I just, I feel like I just, you know that feeling when you walk into Best Buy that first time when you were a kid and you saw the wall of TVs, of TVs that aren't at Walmart. There are some that are obviously carried in your, you know, Walmart, whatever department store you got. And, then there's a section that's like a theater section, and you see these like $10,000 TVs. Imagine that picture 
but real life, like your vision is intensified by nine bajillion. So I'm sitting there thinking I can count every blade of grass, see every bug in the air, every molecule, also feeling fantastic. And then all of a sudden, I for some reason felt zippy. And that's what I'll call it. It's the feeling that you, you, you get when there's like the vibration in your mouth. Where you're like, mm, or like, zzz, you know, along those those lines. It vibrates you from your toes to the tippy top to your head. And it's one of the best feelings in the world. But it's also unnatural. So you're freaked the fuck out. You're like, what is going on, man? You're You're just like, holy fuck. But I feel great. So, you know, we decide, yo, let's go back to the fucking car. This ain't cool. We can't be out. We'll bug out and, you know, get caught or some shit. So, we end up getting in the car. We're chilling in my 93 Mazda Protégé, chillaxing, you know, maxing out, feeling all cool, shooting some beep all outside the school. No, I'm just playing. We couldn't have shot a basketball if we were fucking LeBron James in that moment. And we're sitting in the car, and all of a sudden, my girlfriend turns on this group or DJ, or I, I think that's a DJ, Tex Evergreen, and the shit starts freaking me out, man. I'm sitting there making all these facial fucking um, movements to the songs, and it's like, to this day, I still have residual effects of whenever she plays that. I start bugging out big time, bro. I'm like, no, don't take me back to that time. It was fun, but it was traumatic. And uh, so, yeah, that'll happen to you, man. Sometimes in the future, you'll be sitting there and you'll be like, whoa, am I fucking rolling? But, you know, you didn't do anything. And it's just some weird shit that happens with it. So we're sitting there. And, you know, we're having a good time, we're having fun with each other, and joking around and stuff, but we're still, like, bogging out, because we're like, whoa. So we're like, yo, we gotta go the fuck home. So we decided to get the fuck out of there, we start driving home, it's too much for us, so, you know, we're not gonna be dumb and drive when we're under the influence and stuff like that. So we end up just sitting there for a while, and then we end up all of a sudden realizing that the security guard that's around this parking lot is, like, checking my car out. And I'm, like, bugging out even harder now. I'm, like, fuck, 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 fuck. So then we decide, yo, let's get the fuck out. So then this motherfucker is, like, diagonal from us on some other part of the parking lot. And he's it looks like we're about to meet at the end going onto the normal road. And it just looks like it's going to be like one of those movie movie moments where you're about to escape from something. And then you're like, no, and they snatch your ass back and you're fucked. But we end up getting out of there. We get home. We go up to my room. We chillax for the rest of the night. We have a great old time. And I don't even know where I was going with the story besides it being a crazy fucking time in my life. There's a lot more stories from this particular moment in time in my life that we will hear on future episodes of That's Cucked. This right here, we ended up going home. We chilled out for the rest of the night. We enjoyed each other's company. We enjoyed what was happening and the experience that we were living at that time. And it was great. One of my favorite things in the world to do at that point in time was Molly. And that is my story. That is my 
That's Cucked story this week on the That's Cucked podcast. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Next week on the podcast, we will be talking about a story about a party that I went to at one point in time where there was a snake. Well, there was a rat, a snake, and cocaine, and neither animal ingested either, so don't come after me, PETA. (laughs) It was like a movie. You'll have to experience it with me on the next podcast. I'm going to be getting out of here. I know this was a really fast fucking podcast, but, you know, I don't have all day. You don't have all day. We got shit to do. AEW is going to be killing it in the next week. So we have a lot more to talk about with the company next week. Make sure you stay tuned for the That's Cucked story time. Snake, rat, and cocaine all the fucking way. And I just thank you, Cucks, for listening, watching on YouTube. I know there's no video on this episode, but you're going to be looking at the little graphic thing. Uh, We're going to go into a segment that we're going to do every once in a while here on the That's Cucked podcast called the Cucked Up Moment of the Week. But this first episode, because, you know, it's been some time since I've done a podcast, we're just going to do a Cucked Up Moment that I saw during the COVID quarantine, not doing a podcast or having a job type of time. And that was a video which I might try to get up here. I don't know if I can put it on here without any permission, but um, basically what happens is this independent backyard wrestler decided to do a show for his friend, and he's coming out to do his entrance, and he hops up on the second rope. I know if you're a wrestling fan, you have seen this video. He's doing his little, you know, taunting, and he's, you know, showboating a little bit. Hop, turns around, hops down to get the match ready to roll, and this motherfucker's legs break right in half like a goddamn saltine cracker. It just looks like he folds like a folding chair. The man could have been picked up and used in a fucking CZW death match after that. Unfortunately, the man almost had to have his legs amputated. I know that there was money, some there was some money raised for him for the surgeries and the time that he's gonna have off from wrestling. Uh, he's just an up and coming, I think, independent wrestler, and it's sad to see that happen. And that is the cucked up moment on this episode of That's Cucked. I'm your host, Nick. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. I know you're sick of listening to me. You're being the cuck right now. Why don't you go be uh, be somebody, man? Thanks for checking out the podcast. Don't forget, everything in the world is cucked. I'm cucked, you're cucked, and that's cucked. Adios, motherfuckers. That's cucked.